Are we recording? We are, are we recording. using this or are we going to play back? Well, I can edit this out. You can say rude words like Willy. <laughs> I was going to put my mind like a rude word. I was like, find, come on. Find a naughty oh, word. Come quick. on. Come on. Phallus. Phallus. <laughs> a willy that is phallus a is a willy is indeed. I think we should just keep this in. Sure, we? we might do. Oh, welcome to the podcast with your host, Lauren. <coughs> Sorry, something in my throat. Oh, that's better. Yes, welcome to my podcast, Walk with Lawrence, the podcast where I walk and talk with some wonderful human beings. Some of them will be my friends. Some of them will be people I've just met. Either way, it's going to be a scrumptiously delightful conversation that I hope you get a lot from. I hope you have some laughs. I hope you have some tears. A whole range of emotions. Either way, I hope you enjoy it. And I love you very much. And thank you very much. Here's the podcast. He's a man of many talents. He's an actor, fully trained and legit. He's a personal trainer, also fully trained and legit. He's a fitness blogger and general social media celeb to which he has absolutely no formal training, but is most certainly legit. He's a type one diabetic and campaigner. He's one of my best mates. Some even say lover. He is of course, Mr. Matthew Carter. Wow. Why did I make that That's voice up? That's an introduction. Yeah. All I'm going to say is that I listened to your podcast with Alex and you spoke about his, his aesthetics, how gorgeous he was, and you didn't mention any of that in, in my intro. <laughs> Some things don't need mentioning. Oh, thank you. But you needed to do that with Alex. The, the silence should have been deafening. <laughs> the, the look I gave you as I read it out. <laughs> I, I went very Richard Burton then, didn't I? You did. Well, you've got that in you, haven't you? The, the Anthony Hopkins... You, yeah, it's, it's, it's part of the blood, really, isn't as it? As it is in you as well, Matthew. I know. It's, I've only got the half Welsh in me. That's all you need. Um, but I think that adds to my, I suppose, my theatricality. Um, not being afraid to pull my pants down on occasion. Yes. The thespian <laughs> qualities from within. Um, I did mention, obviously, that you are a trained actor. Mm. And you did you train in Wales? Or I that... did. So I trained in Aberystwyth. Aberystwyth. In mid Wales. Ceredigion. Ceredigion, in other Wales. I do. Cardigan Bay. And, and then I did like a. Uh, Matthew, a bit, there's another plane coming there's in. Another Can plane you and speak louder? Comes, speak louder. I'll speak a bit louder. Then I did a bit of time at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Um, the Magic Arts. The, the Magic Arts. Is that such a <laughs> the thing? Dark the Arts. Dark Magic Arts. Magic Arts. <laughs> and yes, so that's, I suppose. The theatrical background, which I suppose I, I maybe bring to the stuff I do on social media sometimes. And I'm not too fast of when a, a camera is in front of me. I don't really mind it. Um, so this was a, um, a performing arts school where you learned how to dress up in women's clothes and... Yeah, that's exactly what I signed up for. <laughs> you do seem very great. well trained in that. I was like, okay, there's a three-year degree and you can wear sports bras <laughs> and your mum's clothes. And yeah, I just went for it. It's so basically once you um, classify something as being artistic or mm. the art, you can justify any kind of behaviour. <laughs> any behaviour whatsoever. <laughs> it's true. It's such a, it, I find it's such a kind of... Um, interesting society because we've got this juxtaposition between what's right culturally and morally mm. and politically etc and then you walk into any art gallery and you see the most filth <laughs> but it's all okay and you see sophisticated people walking around and it's all it's kind justified. of sex and drugs and mm. rock and roll uh, same with you know rock and roll music and jet you know but you know we've got sort of um 
these absolute pissheads getting knighted, you know, <laughs> and we're like, it's art, it's fine. And you're okay, like, do you know yeah. what kind of life they led? They led? <laughs> Absolutely crazy stuff. That but sheer life of hedonism yeah. has just put, like, paid off. Is it there you go, yeah. have a knighthood. They're like, shouldn't he be going to jail for <laughs> what he's done? Like, no, actually, we'll I've make him a knight. just seen him do heroin. <laughs> yeah. Take go and him see to the, the palace, <laughs> go on your knee, have a sword over your shoulder. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's why we love the western world in which we live we western do. world you've just been to the eastern world what was that like that was incredible that was you were speaking before i was in japan for the rugby world cup there's another plane Speak another louder. plane a little bit louder in japan which was unbelievable the people there are so were so welcoming and gregarious and so happy to see a ginger person. <laughs> I think that's a big part of it. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. But, um, but no, unbelievable, unbelievable place. The people, the culture, the, the friendliness, the cleanliness. The friendliness, the friendliness, and the cleanliness. The cleanliness. Is, it true? The <laughs> Is it true that they, they, you just squirt your bottom with water when you clean it? So the first time, the, the toilets there are a little bit mad. So you press the button on the toilet to... But you press the button and there's <laughs> what was a, that hand gesture you just a, did. <laughs> <laughs> so you press the button, but then there's a slight pause. So you think it's coming straight away. So you go, ah, you press it, nothing comes, and there's like four, three, ah, oh, there's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh god. I thought you were gonna say, Hello. so you get off the loo, you turn around to look down, yeah. see what's happening, and it squirts you in the face. That's something else entirely. What a what is <laughs> Oh um, dear. Yes, absolutely loved it. Um, did a little bit of time in Thailand as well. But it's always it's always nice to come home and I love London at this time of year, and we're just this is kind of playing again. Um, I'm I glad love this part in Fulham, like Fulham yeah. Palace Gardens here. Me and Chess come here a lot, yeah. And I think you know London can get quite full on, quite claustrophobic. You know, we're both from both from Wales originally, so the yeah. outdoors is in our is in our blood. And I really feel here like we're almost sheltered off. Yeah, it's very well. I want to say romantic. It is, yeah. and this is this is where you select it. This is where you selected. The one issue with recording podcasts in London is the flight path. I know, but I think it adds to the whole purpose of the podcast. Yeah, it does. And I'm going to stop banging on about it now. I'm only saying that because if you're listening to this and hear the old plane, it's all part of the authenticity. We're outside. We're walking in these beautiful gardens, as Matthew's just said. We've got OAP tours going on over there. We've got, she's got a microphone as well. She's got a... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you hear something back in there, Henry VIII was here. <laughs> yes. We've got kids playing over there. We've got planes flying above. We've got birds in the trees tweeting. This is authenticity. This is what Walk with Lawrence is all about, Matthew. So thank you for bringing me here. Well, thank you very much for having me. So, um, you know, we, we, we've got actually a serious topic, dare I say it, to talk about because even though you and I are incredible comedians who make thousands of people across the globe laugh daily, we're also quite serious, in-depth intellects, aren't we? I think we pretend to be as much as we can. <laughs> I, sh I just shouldn't have added intellect on the end to no, that. No, no. Tom Fullery. Yes, Tom Fullery. Perhaps, perhaps would be more appropriate. That's it. And we're going to talk about, well... Men in general, I think, even though, you know, I, I'm hoping that we do get some ladies listening to this as well who find the message resonates with um, either personally or because of the men in their life or whatever it may be. But we're going we're gonna to go a little bit deeper than we usually do on our other social channels. Um, and so my first question to you, Matthew Carter, is, um, well, I mean, as, as a general rule of thumb, it's widely accepted that men, in particular men, are shite at talking about their feelings yeah mm. so why is this 
I think this is a, a really interesting topic and we were speaking about this before. I think, you know, we've both been in the fitness industry for quite some time now and the whole, you know, I kind of got into the fitness industry for perhaps, you know, the, the aesthetic side of things on, on the exterior. Uh, and there's a big focus in the fitness industry that people want to look good. And I get that because, you know, I think we've been in that position ourselves sometimes. But I think the past couple of years especially, you know, this topic of, of mental health is something that keeps coming up and I was doing a bit more reading about it whilst I was away and then guys in, guys in particular as well so I think there's a, a couple of stigmas that are attached when it comes to, to mental health and perhaps depression with guys first of all it's, it's the awareness of having a, a mental health condition like, like depression and then I think secondly there's the um, perhaps the emotional and the, the femininity that's perhaps associated with it and as guys, we kind of always had that, that sort of that tough exterior. Perhaps we don't like discussing certain matters because it's, uh, it's a sign of weakness. And over the past, and that's why, you know, the past couple of years, I've, I've kind of found out, I came into the industry for the, the physical, for the exterior. And now I've kind of had this focus of, okay, so what's, what's actually going on up there? What, why are guys reluctant to talk about these certain things? And that kind of, you know, moves me on to um, the open men up idea that we had. You know, so like open up, but for men about opening up and, yeah. and talking and discussing certain matters that perhaps they'd be <clears throat> reluctant to do so. But it's kind of going back to the question. I think that it's not done to open up and talk. So automatically you think, well, I can't do that. Yeah, exactly. It's not the way. It's, it's something with guys especially. I think it's something that's, that's ingrained from school, you know, when you're with the boys or just like that changing room mentality um of come on you know grow a pair of balls that sort of thing and it's yeah i think that's kind of given us the the reluctance to speak about these topics but um i just felt like for me being in in the industry that's so kind of aesthetically not not always not in all cases not at all but it, being in that side of the industry where you see a lot of the the physical side of the fitness industry I'm much more now drawn to what's going on inside. Yes. Um, so our, because of our jobs, we often get asked, uh, you know, whether it's for articles or whether it's a comment on, on something for social media, you know, what's your motivation for training? And I look at my kind of timeline of training and, you know, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, it was for like sports performance. And then in my mid-20s, it was kind of for aesthetics. But now my prime focus is mental clarity for the way it makes me feel. And if you have um, a, a crappy day or crappy week and you feel that negative energy, you can turn that negative energy into something pos- um, positive by channeling it into your workout um, and by uh, kind of turning as I say negative into a, pos- uh, into a positive mm-hmm. and stepping out and just feeling that tension release straight away so tra- training has become in the industry a, a really um, strongly recommended form of coping yeah well that's with- the thing and there's parts of Scotland now that I think doctors are prescribing and that's 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 another part as well I think people when we often look at training and associate training is that we kind of maybe get an idea of CrossFit and that you've got to beat yourself within an inch of your life and throw yourself up against the wall every week yeah um, when, when it's not you know you can reap the benefits of, of exercise by simply just getting out there and having a walk having and, a walk with a mate like exactly this and is... doctors in Scotland now up in kind of Shetlands I think are prescribing literally just medicine us go outside and have a walk so 30 minutes just Amen go to outside that. and brilliant and there's something about it and then coming to this area here <laughs> It's just for me, it's just that escape, being able to just oh, man. shut off a bit. 100%. One of the main reasons why I moved to the countryside 
words so I could get away from me. Did you get away from me? <laughs> <laughs> Stop knocking at my door, Matthew. It's six a.m. Oh, yeah. six. Right. Two That's or six. Oh, it's three. No, but it's just to be able to walk out the front door uh, with, um, you know, sometimes with the phone, sometimes without, but just to mm. be able to walk and like we're doing now, yeah. to look around you to see all the different shapes that nature supplies and it's stimulation for the brain and it yeah, just puts you in a good mood, you know, the hormonal reaction. We're meant to, we're in danger, like I had the, my brother on the podcast and he said we're in danger of becoming an indoor species. Uh-huh. We need to be outdoor, we need to be moving because of the positive effect on our mental of course, health. And like you said, you know, seeing the different shapes of, of trees and plants and everything, it's so, it's, it's that... Look, m- that tree looks like a penis. Yeah, it actually does. Yeah. <laughs> it does. That's where I left oh, it. Oh no, that's... that's <laughs> It's just a um, uh, carving. It is. But I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, but talking from those, you know, those points of depression before as well, and I think it's what depression. I, from the reading, the research I've done recently, it's it's kind of just your body calling out for help. That it's yeah. it's crying out to be firstly, you know, I think part of a, a tribal community. I think you know that's what we back in the day kind of grew up with you know tribes of 60 70 80 people and when you feel part of a community you feel welcomed you feel loved you feel cherished um, and when we don't have that and we're, we're sat inside constantly or we're addicted to our phones and we spend more time messaging through our phone than we do speaking to somebody in person you kind of lose that and that that feeling sometimes of you know because we've been there the feelings of anxiety and mm. you get that feeling in your guts where perhaps you just feel just stressed or depressed whatever it may be it's, it's your body giving out signals that we need to be back with that, okay. that tribal community okay so it's it, it's a red flag for isolation it and is, feeling yeah, detached from your, your tribe um so this is what i wanted to kind of lead on to um you know if, if we take that you know a lot of a lot of guys just do find it hard to kind of open up and to talk about their mm-hmm. emotions um about you know the potential issues of keeping things bottled up yeah um, and you know you referenced our kind of ancestral um, yeah I mean you know we, we have um, survival mechanisms like this negativity bias where we are um, as a survival mechanism meant to be worried about the saber-toothed tiger that's going to come atta- attack us and we're meant to we're meant to be able to identify our worries and our concerns with the, with the small little droplets of information that present ourselves with to us day to day but of course today in today's society we've got information coming at us left right and center from social media and everything else mm-hmm. um and so our negativity bias is constantly fueled there's always something that we can look for to be worried about to, to yeah. be concerned about and a lot of the time most of the time it's all in our own head right it's mm-hmm. kind of fabricated it's not the real world and it's very hard to snap out of that imagined reality into the, the present the here and the now mm-hmm. talking to a mate about uh, <laughs> you know the reality of a situation obviously um often uh, is a useful way of kind of snapping you out of that kind of mental spiral that negativity loop mm-hmm. um so that's that's one potential issue that i that i yeah. that i'm aware of um but that's interesting, I think, you know, with, with Ben, the naked professor, I think what he said when he came to our podcast, I don't know what he said for me, is that anxiety is a story you tell yourself in your head of something that may never happen. I think I might have. No, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. I've had butchered that, Ben. Um, but I, I think it is. You, you paint pictures of the worst case scenarios in your head. And, and as you mentioned before, it's, now it's kind of sensory overload. It's, we've got WhatsApp messages coming in. We've got Instagram messages coming in. We've got Gmail accounts. You know, one of the best things I did is, is when I was away, just turned all the notifications off on my phone. And oh, that's why you never replied to me. Yeah, it was just getting a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually, it's actually quite, quite refreshing. Thinking, oh, do you know what? I didn't, 
look at that email at two o'clock but yeah. i'm still here I'm yeah. still breathing i mean and going back to that um anxiety issue again the the the, the worrying about some projected future you're imagining in your mm-hmm. head and there's a there's a quote i love which is again just to paraphrase um man has known a great deal of many worries most of which never happened so you know if you can if you can find Who a major uh, i just can't quite let me google it <laughs> we'll say dylan thomas <laughs> yes everything <laughs> profound everything we quote <laughs> <laughs> but we can't back up or be Dylan. Yeah, probably Dylan Thomas. Yeah. Probably Dylan, Dylan Thomas. Um, but, but it's very hard to get, uh, you know, to get to a reasonable state of mind in your own head unless you're really well read up on it. You're very um, far down the process of learning various mindful techniques. I find just talking to a mate uh, kind of fast tracks that yeah, um, perspective. I mean, that's the easiest thing. I mean, it's becoming such... It's becoming such an apparent thing at the moment because even, I don't know, I, I didn't see it, but Britain's Got Talent something the other night. They took a minute you during the show. You didn't see it? Really? No, 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 I didn't see it. You really? But they took a minute during the show just to say, okay, now we're gonna not going to say anything. I want you to turn to whoever sat next to you and just have a chat with them. Now, I'm not quite sure what you're going to be able to chat to your... your oh, great, a helicopter now. Throw a helicopter. That's fine. And it's nice and low. And it's nice and low. Um... <laughs> But it's that, so they did that on Saturday night, saying, look, we're going to take a minute now just to, you speak to somebody in the living room or who you're with and just have a chat with them. Now, I don't quite know what you're going to be able to get done. Like, you know, there's only so much you can do, but what we are doing is we're finally, we're, we're realising that this is something that, okay, it's okay to talk about. And I think maybe my, my father's generation or, you know, like, your father's generation Growing up with something like that, that's very much... I think we are moving away from it. You know, that kind of stiff upper lip of, no, we can't talk about this. Yeah. If you're a man, you get back down the mines. Get on with it, yeah. Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Go write your poetry yeah, somewhere that's else. It. But it's, it's things like this. I, it's getting in touch with a friend. And even, even the other day, I thought, you know, we spent so much time just, just WhatsApping and texting and, and voice noting. Mm. I just called a friend that I hadn't spoken to in a couple of months, just just to kind of hear their voice. Oh, lovely! Yeah. And then I, I called my mum after just to speak to for for ten minutes on the phone. And I think little things like that yeah. have such a profound impact on not not just them, but but you as well. I think it's really important that we don't miss out on that. So we're basically agreeing that it is good to talk. Definitely, it's good to talk. Um, so again reasons why it's good to talk that i've penned down the internal mental tension is automatically released like mm-hmm. a pressure valve oh, just when like you start yeah you like that <laughs> i mean it's because it because it is exhausting going over and over in our head with all mm-hmm. those kind of scenarios and, yeah. and just even even if you're just talking if you've just got someone as a sounding board someone who is there to gen- genuinely listen as a friend, or is that same? sometimes not always a friend, but to be able to have that sounding board automatically feels that kind of tension release. Would you say you've always been more of a, a talker or a listener? Um, I've worked hard at being a listener because I'm so self-orientated. I just want to talk about me the whole time. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, only, I'm kind of like, um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I, I'm... You know, I, I love talking, but also I am quite inquisitive. So I do like to find out about people. And I always get told off for, you know, wherever I am, I'm at Tesco's getting my groceries, whatever it might be. I'm at the checkout. I always strike up conversation, yeah. you know, in the street. I'm, I'm quite a chatty person, but I think people are cool. I just like people. I like, mm-hmm. I like chatting to people. Sometimes people then kind of look at me and think I'm mad. But mm-hmm. um, I just find it... Uh, Maybe it's, I'm doing that for my own mental health. Maybe there's a social, um, there, maybe there is a selfish reason that I like to kind of chat and find out about other people because it does give me a sense of intrigue that is uh, 
a thirst uh, that is quest, uh, que what's the word? Um, que uh, quenched. Quenched. I'm <laughs> 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 letting you hang on that. Oh, quenched. Yeah. Um, it was a mixture between squelch and quench because we're walking in the mud. Um, yeah, I mean, what about you, Matthew? You're a listener or a uh, talker? Definitely more of a listener. I'm actually quite... Um, Great. I, think, well, I feel like I've always I, I been... I brought a listener onto my yeah, podcast. I'm going to listen to Lawrence speak <laughs> for 15 minutes. But I think I, I, I always have been. Um, you know, as cliche as it is, but, you know, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People is all about, when I got into the fitness industry, it's kind of like all about being being a good listener and being a good people person. That's a book that's, you know, stood the test of time, but now, like, it's like 60, 70 years. They make a film about it. It's all, um, I... I think you're thinking of something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. I think Ignore that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that 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 really resonated with me when I kind of first came into the industry about being a listener and a people person, and the fact that there's no sweeter sweeter sound than hearing your name from somebody else's mouth. And I, I think that kind of developed. What? <laughs> yeah. Do everybody likes? Do you notice everybody likes talking about themselves? Yeah. So if you get into a situation and you ask them questions and you create intrigue and as soon as somebody starts talking about themselves, they won't shut up. So that's yeah. why I'm doing my best <laughs> yeah. not to, yeah, not yeah. to uh, keep on going. But I think I've always been more of a, more of a listener. I'm actually quite reserved. I was quite quiet as a kid. Um, yeah. It's interesting that Alex and I talked about this introvert-extrovert combination because mm. people are often profiled and categorised as being one or the other. Yeah. I don't necessarily buy into it. I think you can have... Uh, both qualities. Yeah, both qualities, depending on your mood, depending on where you are, and all this kind of... Um... Yeah, well, it goes for, I think, the whole notion of living your life in, you know, we've got chaos and we've got order, and that we need to have both parts, because if you live your life in complete and utter chaos, you're never going to get anything done. If you live your life in complete order, let's say you go around to somebody's house and everything is immaculate and you put your cup and you don't put it on the, the tea cosy or whatever it is and then somebody comes over and strikes you for it you know it's kind of living under a tyrant you don't, you, you don't want that so it's the, the whole notion of living your life with one foot in chaos and then one foot in order because you need the chaos is there then to to kind of fuel what you want to do with the order you need that element of surprise that the, the chaos is kind of brings up you know perhaps that slight feeling of uh, fearfulness sometimes and a slight oh. feeling of, of nerves and apprehension You, but it's getting that balance right because if you get too much of that you get too much fear then it's going to overpower what you want to do and I think it's you know the whole yin and yang it's getting and I hate using the cliche of balance but if you've got one foot in chaos and one foot in order and if you use those appropriately you should oh, I love that Matthew quite well. no I absolutely love that and did um, an episode with Reese uh, about control amongst the chaos and mm. you know you go and listen to the episodes we drew our own conclusion about that which is very similar to what you're saying now mm. that the two kind of coexist very often yeah, of and um, you know from a from a fitness uh, sort of well-being point of view you've got obviously your sympathetic nervous system your parasympathetic mm -hmm. nervous system which is your fight and flight versus your rest and digest and the two should yeah be balanced you well, should that's it. and I think we spend too much of everything we do now in, in fight or flight it's going back to that that saber tooth type of the race of you know the rise of cortisol and we're waking up and messages are going off and cortisol levels are jacked and then you know we go to the office and the, your boss shouts at you and then you you miss an email you do something like that and you're constantly on this state of edge yeah and it's leveling it back down and it's finding that balance as you say you know our father's generation parents generation used to leave work at six whatever they didn't take their work with them in their pocket by the phone that would be off. done 
Yeah. And they knew where they were, it was black and white, whereas now there's leakage left, right and centre from rest and digestion mm-hmm. to fight or flight. And it's confusing and you can get spaghetti head where your thoughts get scrambled. Am I meant to be chilling now and resting? Am yeah, I meant to be well, problem it's, solving? It's perfectly, it's seen as perfectly normal to still be going through emails on Sunday and Sunday morning and yeah. Sunday evening. It's, it's become acceptable. It's when do we disconnect? Exactly. The working week is not the 37.5, whatever it's, what's it no. meant to be? I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's 24-7. Yeah, it doesn't switch off. Oh, crikey. Sounds terrible, but it's not all bad. But just, it's just about being aware, isn't it? It's just about it's being aware. That's the thing, like, it's, it's, going back to, it's the dose that makes the poison of anything. Social media isn't bad. Too much social media is bad. Alcohol is not bad. Yeah. Too much alcohol is bad. Like, Lawrence isn't bad. Too much of <laughs> yeah. Lawrence is overwhelming. Oh, man. <laughs> Too much of a good thing. I know. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, just and going back to that point again, why, why it's good to talk as well, you know, just to revisit... Um, Basically, this is stuff I've written down. And if we don't talk about it, I feel like I've wasted that hour last night doing work, you know, where I should have <laughs> done work, work it down. But these, these are just some of my thoughts that kind of like pop into my head. But, um, you know, when we talk to others, we learn that everyone in some way is dealing with challenges. Mm-hmm. This is something I found as well. Um, and that problems are a part of life. And as soon, uh, as soon as we learn that it is a big universe with lots of people and our problems aren't actually that big a deal, I, I feel like that's almost, again, a bit of, it's, it's, it's a sense of perspective and it's a of sense course. of relief that that's it kind of gives you. That's fantastic, by the way. It's like you No, I haven't even no, finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is important is framing them, are your problems, and taking ownership of what is important and getting on with our lives in a kind of positive and proactive manner. Exactly. Because we, again, it's, this, it's that negativity loop again. We can over-process problems and we can, we can start living a very fearful life through all these issues that we have in our, in our, in our mind or, or things that we think are a big problem where they're not actually a big problem. Because I've had this as a, as a PT, I thought, oh gosh, you know, I've got issues and problems I've got to be sorting out in life. And then I go and speak to some of my clients who are really, you know, like I kind of look up to and really respect and calm and well-held people. And then they just casually tell me about the problems in their life. And I'm like, shit, I've got no <laughs> got problems. Actually, yeah. You know, get a perspective just to sort of frame it. And everyone you meet, this is why I think it's important to be, you know, a good person to end anyone and everyone you meet because you don't know what's going on mm-hmm. in their lives behind closed doors. And, um, you know, everyone, everyone is fighting some sort of battle and problem... Problem shared is problem hard. And do you find with, say, let's say social media and perhaps messages, because let's say you put out, um, I'm safe to say that most of the stuff you put out there is good, is to help other people. Yeah. yeah. That's safe to say that well, that's the whole point. Like, my, my, um, my social media is, you know, to try and, yeah, help to try and put information out there that I would use, um, but make it more relatable. Um, yeah, of Information that, that we would use as personal trainers, whatever it might be. And then also some documentation of, along the way of what I'm doing. But yeah, it's definitely to try and help people. But let's people. say that with all that stuff that you put out there, you, you get, I don't know, 100 comments. And one of those comments is something that's slightly pejorative, slightly, slightly negative. Yeah. How would you, how do you deal with that, that exit? Because it's that one comment mm-hmm. that's going to go, hit you in the gut a bit and just go, oh, yeah. you know what, I do all this work, I try and put out a good message and then somebody's gone around and said yeah. that to me. I, I used to definitely pick up on those things and I used to think, why is that person thinking that? And I used to sort of, um, you know, and I always try and step back for myself and reflect upon what I'm doing. Is it the right thing? Am I doing it in the right way? And so on. But um, definitely... 
in the past that would have definitely got to me but I've, mm. I've sort of come to the realization now that if someone else is negative towards you it's often a projection of the issues that they have uh, yeah that they're going through and they're trying to project that frustration upon you in some way so instead of feeling um you know upset personally i often think about that person and think you know what issues are they currently dealing what are with they dealing with yeah. rather than you projecting something bitter towards them yeah yeah no and i won't take it it won't take it personally because it's kind of external noise i have my own Mm -hmm. um kind of um mindset and and clarity of thought as to who i am what i'm doing in my life and so when thoughts negative um sorry comments uh come externally um i will like a pebble in the stream hopefully try and let it just carry on wash over me because um i know it is just it's just external noise yeah um and if anything, I feel in a non-patronising way, a sense of pity for that person because they're in that headspace where they feel that is a way to go about yeah. their life. That, those are the people that I want to be associated with or, or talking with, with more so because they, those are the kind of people who need, need help. And it's great because I think like a lot of stuff on social media, it, a lot of it is like comments and everything is great and likes and everything yeah it's great but it's all about kind of sometimes it's just inflating that that ego a bit oh yeah and it's like where okay that that's great but and and one of the reasons kind of with the fitness industry why i've kind of moved away from it or so the past year year and a half is because i just felt like with parts of the fitness industry is only catering for people who are kind of already quite fit yeah and perhaps <laughs> look a certain way already yeah but it's got to that stage i'm like okay right what about you know the other ninety percent. How do we? Yeah. How do we affect them? Well, the fitness industry has to be very careful that in showcasing what's possible, it doesn't become an echo chamber where the elite have conversations with the elite. Well, again, over. that's a, it's the elitist approach of it, isn't it? And that that for me is is fitness should be all inclusive. Yeah. And it's you know the issues with BC and things. It comes down to you know, socioeconomics is a massive part of it as well. But how do we how do we help those people? And I think sometimes people look at you know the the people in the Lululemons and people who look a certain way and go on oh, you know it's a it's a state of, of privilege and things like that but it's fitness doesn't have to be lifting weights fitness doesn't have to be spinning it, it can literally be going outside taking a 10 15 20 minute walk every single day and just focusing on what's going on up there yeah and that's something that's you know it's really it's a different door i feel that's opening and it's something i think we're both trying to yes to go down yes we serve people for so many years on the exterior yeah. What about what about the interior? Yeah, exactly. And I th- is it is it Matt Willis? Is it Matt Willis, the guy from Busted? Yes. Who's yeah. who? He released a book, if it's the right one, a fitness book, but it was fitness for mental health. Oh right. In okay. the last year or two, I, th- I might have got that wrong, but it's one of the Busted guys. What's the other band? McFly. McFly. Yeah. Basically, it's one I of think those it guys. Was Matt Willis. Yeah, it I, would be Matt, I think. So, um, and I just thought that was. Mm, Amazing! I thought it was absolutely fantastic and, and, and that, a great step in the right yeah. direction. And that, in no way, is is like an attack on people who are in the fitness industry or anything like that. But for me, and I think you're all kind of on the same page of this. It's okay. What can we do inside the interior? What yeah. can we What can we talk about that's more than just aesthetics and lifting makes you a byproduct of this? Yeah. I, I think that the aesthetic side of it is, is gone, as we said earlier, for us personally, it's way down the pecking order now. Mm. It's a nice... But it's been there. I mean, oh, it's yeah. It's been at the top. Oh, we've been there. And, like, you've stood on stage mm. and showed your physique, you know. To, I mean, that's, that, it doesn't get any higher than that. It's the only time of... I've ever been booed off stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put your pants on. Yeah. <laughs> 
But um, it's just, um, you know, one of those things where the, the, the aesthetics, how you look, first has gone down the pecking order. It doesn't mean that that's wrong for someone else to have it as their priority at all. We're not, yeah. we're not, oh, no, we're not, not saying that. But what we, it's at the end of the day, what makes you feel good and, and, and what charges your mindset to be a positive, um, you know, uh, sort of, it, to be in a good place mentally yeah. is what we're saying. Um, and you can't ignore the fact that also, you know, if, if you know, if, if, um, the aesthetics are say third on our list it's still at a place there because we still like to kind of feel that we're you know look yeah. good as well and then we yeah, kind of, of feel because it does have a place and we're not kind of um, poo-pooing it at all but yeah you and I agree that in terms of training and living the fit life mm-hmm. um, it's I mean for for mental clarity and mental well-being it that that really well, that's is the, reason, the top like even sort of when we're away if I don't if I haven't just sweated for a couple of days yeah. the chest is like you need to go train you just yeah. need to go because yeah pissing me off yeah <laughs> exactly um no completely and I, I feel that as well um and again i think it's a part of this 360 approach to being human and we're designed to move and when we don't move it starts to catch up with it with us that internal tension um can start to manifest itself in our yeah. thoughts and in our mood and so on so it's a great management for mood mm-hmm. that's it i mean every doctor in the uk should be prescribing that's not easier said than done isn't it but, uh... yes yeah um yeah mobilizing the masses is um you know because you've got to buy into to, to believe in something you have to have that sort of emotional belief that you uh, yeah that you truly believe in it as being something and it's, it's kind of a tricky situation because until you've done it and felt the benefits of course yeah it's hard to commit to it yeah i mean it's easier for you lot have said you've been you've been doing it for years but you've already seen the benefits yeah. of it i'm so lucky because i grew up as a sports person and out on the rugby pitch playing rugby and so on and it's it's ingrained into me to move and to get out and so so you know i wake up in the day and um you know it's very easy for me to walk to the gym and have a, a training session but if for people who are listening to this now who haven't trained um whatever stage you are in life do not put any pressure on yourself. Just no, put one good. foot in, in front of the other and just do what makes you feel happy and um, look at exercise as a tool for, yeah, for well-being yeah, is what we're saying. Not fulfillment I just yeah. think sometimes, you know, fitness sometimes is, is put on a pedestal and it sometimes, you know, kind of felt like it's something for the elite when, it, when it's really not. It's so much more than, than just going to the gym. I think you train yeah. in the gym for being able to put a suitcase up on the on the packaging when you're when you're going on a plane or to carry to carry your shopping from the yeah. car like that that's kind of why you do it it's that functional yeah. fitness isn't it it's definitely i had a client once who um came to me and um aerobically really struggled in the warm-up trying to do the five minutes it was it was, it was something she couldn't quite do mm. and then there was a point um a year later whatever it was and she, she was running late and she had to run for the bus and she had to run quite hard yeah uh you know for a couple of minutes to get the bus she got on the bus and realized that she you know would just gently get catching her breath back there's yeah. no panic there's no and she was like ah oh, this is it i'm that's it isn't yeah. it yeah that's why we do it yeah that's it and i think it's fine it's having that that moment I know with one of my clients I used to work with one of the big reasons that he wanted to train was to have energy to, to play with his kids and when you find that that moment and that's where the fitness industry is incredible yeah and I don't think people hear enough about those yeah. sort of things because I'm, it's harder to sell isn't it exactly like when trying to sell you will run to the bus stop without blowing yeah. up your ass like <laughs> I'm fine. where do I sign yeah <laughs> All right, Matthew, I'm going to ask you some deep personal questions. Um, it's just you and me, but it's up to you how deep you go on this. There's never any pressures, you know. 
Um, but, you know, I, I feel like we have these conversations not for our own egos, but just because hopefully, you know, there'll be one or two people out there who'll get something from it, perhaps, potentially in their lives. Yeah, of course. Um, so, um, so there's a spectrum of human emotions that are completely natural to feel, right? Mm-hmm. So from happiness right through to sadness and so on. So it's normal to feel happy some days, it's normal to feel sad some days. Um, but have you ever experienced prolonged periods of feeling anxious or low? Um, there's a period uh, a few months ago, and I, I've spoke, I spoke with Chester this as well, where I, I felt like everything got a bit too much, that spending too much time on, on social media. And for the first time I, in, in my life, I had this feeling of worry and perhaps self-doubt and, and anxiousness. And it was kind of like this gut-wrenching, you know, the, the first girlfriend you have, I mean, she dumps you and you think your life is going to be over and you feel like your soul and yep. everything inside you has been Many torn, times. torn apart. I know yeah. that feeling very well. That, I kind of had that sort of, that sort of feeling. And that's kind of, for me, was a big reason why I've kind of been in and out of the fitness industry just because I've been, something, something isn't quite right. Why have I been feeling feelings like that? I've, I've, you know, as a kid, I would, that would never even cross my mind when I heard people yeah. suffered from depression. Yeah. Even in my, in my teenage years, when I, was, when I was in school, I was with my friends all the time. Social media wasn't really a thing. People didn't spend a great deal of time on their phones. They were still on Nokias. And then kind of late 20s, where does this feeling come from? You know, it comes from spending too much more time on myself. You know, when you're self-employed, that, that happens. Yeah. Kind of removed myself from a bit of the fitness industry. So I kind of had these feelings of like perhaps like sickness and just that anxiety, that a weight of heaviness on my shoulders. Um, it's, it's not something that I, I, I say I have now, but I definitely had a period of just not being able to put my finger on why I feel like that. And I wish at the time, you know, as Chester did speak to something like that, but I wish I would have spoken more about why I was feeling like that to some of my closer guy mates, rather than just doing the whole, do you know what, it's okay, I'm going to can this and hope it goes away. Yeah. Because in some instances, for some people, um, it won't go away and it will it will heighten and it will spiral worse and then it will spiral and then you know god forbid what it could lead to yeah after that so that for me just coming on speaking to you about this and just saying hey i'm a guy and i feel like i get moments of you know depression and yeah. I, I get anxious sometimes and sometimes you know perhaps people look at my social media and go oh he's he's confident he's got all this going on but yeah actually not there's sometimes i just i just kind of i do just want to sit inside and kind of bottle things up but it's the whole notion of being able to come and speak to somebody yeah and even if it's just a phone call to a friend like yeah. i mentioned at the start of the podcast just 30 minutes mm. hey mate how you doing how's how's life how are you how are you really doing i know yeah. you had a you're having a bit of a tough time and that's the basis of what relationships are formed on relationships are formed on how are you okay yeah let's get on with the day it's no yeah. how, how are you really doing i heard you i heard your mum's in hospital yeah. i heard your mum's sick how are you really how are you coping yeah. with that but how are you really how yeah. are you really and that, that's how relationships are formed and I think we've lost that a bit as a society. Yeah. We've lost, we've lost touch with that. Swipe and move on, society. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, it's true. Just touching on the surface the whole time. Um, how many relationships you've got in life where you plug yourself in deep and then go into it? And yeah, I mean, I, you and I are quite lucky because we have um, other halves, girlfriends, wives, and um, 
you know, I, again, completely relate. So the, I've never, ever had any feelings of de- depression or anxiety mm-hmm. until I was about 28. And then yeah. I, I sort of, you know, um, through whatever life events and so on, you know, it, it, all of a sudden I remember the, the feeling of my head literally going from having a fair bit of clarity and separate thoughts and knowing what was what to spaghetti head. It all kind it's of strange, like... It's isn't it? It's, it's like crazy. kind of cloud comes over you. Yeah. And you're not quite sure why it's there or where it's come from. Mm. But Just telling you something's not right. Something's and not then you start right. trying to look for what isn't right. And then you start guessing or creating or fabricating things that might not be right. And then yeah. it's hard to know what's real, what isn't. And this can go on for weeks, months, uh, years. And um, I completely feel you. And, um, you know, when, when it happened to me, I was lucky um, that my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, um, <laughs> she literally... You know, she would listen, she would listen, she's a real listener, and my goodness, I don't know if I would have had the patience back then. <laughs> she was amazing. And she actually bundled me in a car one long weekend, and it was early um, spring, and she took me to this kind of shepherd's hut type glamping site, mm. um, and um, there was no one else there, and we stayed there for a few nights. I made a fire, it was real back to basic stuff. Yeah. She also she then took me off to visit my godmother who lived in that part of the area who I hadn't seen for years, and we just talked about my childhood and growing up and then we had I had this amazing kind of reboot reconnection to who I really was and it started mm-hmm. a process of me then reading up on why I felt like that mentally and understanding that it's normal and I didn't even know about things like the negativity bias before mm-hmm. um, I found getting informed and and having a my girlfriend there to talk to about it but then other people that I could bring into my life to discuss it really really helped and it's yeah. you know it's something I know always know is there and I always know that there could be a few triggers that you feel yourself falling into yeah. that space again. Mm-hmm. Um, but What's interesting as well is that you soon find out that you're, you're not the only one. Exactly. And it, it's, it's actually, it's quite common. But it's interesting, you know, teenage years, early 20s, didn't even cross my mind. No. Not, not, no, no, I, no. I used to see and hear about things like that on TV. So, or, so I, I used to think, so I used to hear about people having to be taken off work due to stress or whatever. And I used to think, oh. It's just because they're not good enough for the job. Yeah. So naive. There's there's something wrong with them. Yeah. So I I was so naive to what stress really is. That stigma is still attached to to, to mental health and and depression as well. This is the acceptance or the admittance that uh, I do have something that I need to address, isn't it? Yes. Um, Absolutely. Which is the hard part. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, as I say, you know, knowing when you're entering into those kind of mood states, do you have any strategies that you have for, you know, when you're feeling mental, mentally vulnerable? Uh, I'll speak to chess is kind of like my, my rock. Yeah. Like even in uh, Japan and things, just with the rugby, there was times where just working on that and I, I'd get a bit flustered and things. I think, you know, it's, it's, she kind of gives me uh, a purpose. I think everybody needs to find what their purpose is in life. I think, you know, a big part of it is trying to find that purpose. But well, when you have somebody that who you can rely on, who everybody can find somewhere. And that's the thing. Somebody could be listening to this and going, well, I don't have somebody like that in my life. There's no harm in going to find to search search for that someone, even if it is, you know, joining some club or it's just getting being involved as cliche as it is just with other humans. Yeah. And it's the a interaction. Huge, it's a hu- exactly that a tribal huge part. element. It's the whole tribal it. thing, you know, it's you know, there's a society in uh, Africa 
finished. I was reading a bit of uh, Homo sapiens whilst I was away. And Yuval Narari? Yes. No, yes. Yuval Narari. Um, brilliant book. And a really, really good. But there's a part he was just saying is that the society in, in Africa had kind of shown to, you know, the rates of depression are so minute, but it's kind of this whole campfire ideology yeah. that there's something ingrained in us when, when we look at fire, when we sit around the campfire, it almost brings out that childlike quality of us. And there's a society in Africa that they tell all their stories mm. in the evening. And it is kind of, it's getting that. That's why it's so important to find, you know, not necessarily a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a partner, but it's being part of something. And it, I know it's easier said than done, but as long as you can just reach out and just start a conversation, because there are people out there who want to listen, who yeah, want to hear course. your story. Uh, people, that's the thing. People will go, oh, actually, no, I, people won't want to listen to me. They don't want to listen to this. We do. Yeah, 100% want to listen. it's so refreshing listen. just hearing you talk about when you got to your late 20s and all of a sudden, yeah, man. out of nowhere, you kind of just felt like this cloud had come and this kind of this weight, this heaviness sat on my shoulders. But well, where did it come from? And then there was me thinking a year ago, oh, nobody else would feel like that. I yeah. can't talk about that. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, 100%. Um, I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the key for me is, you know, when I have these kind of states of being um, mentally vulnerable is, is trying to get a bit of perspective from it as well. So you have a certain few exercises. So the two words that really help me are perspective and accountability. <laughs> so I like to frame why I'm feeling like that. And, um, you know, if there are challenges in my life, um, because I'm an idealist, by naturally, which means that when things aren't, well, which sounds really positive, mm. but actually it means that when things aren't ideal as they should be, it, I get, I really beat myself up about it. Yeah. Why isn't the world perfect? Why is this problem there? And so on. And so that's what kind of can hit me sideways a little bit. Mm. And so I've discovered that gaining perspective on the issue and framing it as actually not being that big a problem. And often, you know, you, you and I, big army enthusiasts and his, historians and uh, amateur historians, I, I literally think about my, my grandfather on the beaches uh-huh. um, when his um, friend next to him got, you know, um, killed in, in his arm. And I kind of think he was my age or younger when that happened. I'm like, the problems that I'm thinking of right now I mean, it's are so true, nothing. Right? I, was, I was back home and I pulled out photos of, of my granddad who's... Um, He's still here, uh, but I pulled out photos of him, and he's a really dashing, gorgeous-looking man in his in his uh, army uniform. And a part of me just went, "God, like you know, you put it's all about perspective." And I was like, there's me dressing up and wearing bras and things like that. <laughs> and then there's my father and my grandfather, you know, in Sherman's in Italy. Like it's yeah. just uh, yeah, perspective, perspective right? Perspective, yeah, hundred percent. And then once you've gained that perspective, the accountability can come in. Mm. Um, because it's not, for me, again, it's not about playing the victim. It's not about looking to, you know, to play the blame game and be the victim and so on. It's about once, um, once I've gained that perspective, it's about being accountable and owning what's in front of me. And I find cool. so much power in that, that ownership, actually. Is there anything you do, any tools for finding that level of accountability? Or? Um, well, action, you know, I, um, if, if, if there's a problem that needs to be solved, I'll, I'll kind of action out what needs to be done and take it kind of head on now mm-hmm. um, as opposed to shy away for it or let negative thoughts of being the victim pop into my head and so on yeah. and that grittiness I find quite liberating personally this is for me personally this is what, what works I think it's important okay, it's the, the chaos and order isn't it yeah it's for me I 
the chaos and, and the order one thing i try to do most days is in my diary i have a, a non-negotiable three things that i do so there's something always different about writing something down pen to paper um and then three negotiables are just exercise self-development and listen to a podcast three Lovely. things every single day that if i've had a bad day but i've ticked those three off um it's kind of given me that fulfillment so that's the order i love that mate it's it's these little things to have in your toolkit we talk about um being a fitness trainer and yeah. uh, strengthening your body or preparing it for injuries mm. we need to do the same with our mind well we exactly to- it's the whole notion of you know progressive overload it's, we go to the gym we add more weight we get stronger why can't well, let's talk about doing that with yes. our minds as well. 100%. We've got issues of anxiousness, of, of perhaps of onset of depression. But okay, let, let's talk about this so we don't have to, you know, go further down the line. God forbid what's there. Exactly. Prepare, exactly. Prepare, you know, as you say, you know, you're a sports person, you prepare your body for impact and to perform. Um, yeah, as all as humans, you know, to a certain degree, we should be doing that, I think, mentally as well. Um, mindful pra- mindfulness practices, meditation, and so on, really useful tools that I obviously talked about a lot now. Um, but you know, but it's tough, isn't it? Like talking to those, like you, you talk to a bunch of twenty-year-old rugby boys from Cardiff about yeah. mindfulness. Yeah. And things. How do we make? But I think we're on the we're on the shift of something. Yes. Like you know, it's something that used to be perhaps perceived as a bit of taboo, but now it's something like, oh, actually, do you know what? It's okay to talk about this or, or to practice that. So, that, so this is my next question to you, Matthew, really. Um, so let's say, you know, we, we're encouraging guys to get together, sit down and talk, to find a tribe and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, you know, do you actually think guys will be keen to do this in a non-bravado way? You know, to, to as Ben would say, Ben Bidwell would say, the naked professor, to, to, to remove the masks and put them to one side and to truly open up. Absolutely. I think there's a... There's an incredible movement in the States for anybody watching this called uh, We Are Man Enough. And I've shared this with you before. It's the whole notion of there's an American actor and he's kind of got a few uh, American celebrities and stuff on the board. And so basically, it's, uh, the concept of it's really simple. They just they sit around a table and they talk about, okay, today we're going to talk about body image. They sit down over dinner, they sit over food, and they discuss topics that they perhaps be slightly nervous to discuss elsewhere and i think we're really coming onto the cusp of something now the movement they've got over there and i think it's just a matter of time but it's just you know for us we want to action this and get our first um hope men up event up and going yeah I'm, i'm really i'm really confident of it and there's people like yourself and people like ben who are doing tremendous work in kind of showing that actually do you know what that vulnerability it's 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 cool to be vulnerable it's mate it's okay to to talk when you're uh, if you've got a weight on your shoulders or if you feel like there's a cloud above your head and that everything just doesn't feel right, let's talk about that. Yeah, mate. Because, you know, as we mentioned before, that's the basis on how relationships are formed. It's discussing things like that, really getting to know somebody for, for who they really are and for what struggles they carry with them. Being authentic and vulnerable together mm-hmm. sets you free. Oh, I like that. My friend. Dylan Thomas. Dylan <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> Dylan Thomas, 1931. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matthew. Um, okay. This has been lovely, by the way. We, we, we're coming towards the end. I don't want to sort I've of... my 10,000 steps. Yeah, I know, pacing back and forth. <laughs> so before you came onto the podcast, I asked you to tell me what your favourite song of the moment is. Again, it <laughs> doesn't have to be your favourite song in life ever, but right now. And this is the, this is the one that you... Um, got back to me on and it is 
The Charming Man by the Smiths. The Charming Man by the Smiths, yeah. So I think this... <laughs> it's interesting with, with, with the Smiths. I had a, a time, I think, in my early 20s where I just listened to the Smiths non-stop and it kind of brings me back to these hedonistic years of my of my youthful antics and not feeling a burden on my shoulder and that's um, yes. It's interesting with Morrissey and the Smiths, perhaps his political views and his agenda aside, but the music that the Smiths had was yeah. just, uh, I, I don't listen to them so much anymore, but for anybody who wants to just, I find like an extra spring in their step. Yeah. This Charming Man by the Smiths just always used to, yeah, it, used, it still puts a massive smile on my face. Oh, mate, it's, it's just like, it's just no coincidence how you and I get on so well because at my university days were the same. I was introduced to the Smiths by my housemate, who were big music yeah. people, and we used it's to listen that to rebellious. It all. Oh kind yeah, of that. Hey, <laughs> I'm here now. <laughs> so let me read out the lyrics to the song. Punctured bicycle on a hillside, desolate. Will nature make a man of me yet? When in this charming car, this charming man. Why pamper life's complexity? when the leather runs smooth on the passenger's seat. I would go out tonight, but I haven't got a stitch to wear. This man said it's gruesome that someone so handsome should care. Ah, oh, I jumped up pantry boy who never knew his place. He said, return the ring. He knows so much about these things. He knows so much about these things. I would go out tonight, but I haven't got a stitch to wear. This man said, it's gruesome that someone so handsome should care. That just put the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> Hearing it in your words as well. well I think I, I think was actually Richard written. Burton would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> that was so lovely. So now, I mean, like, we've talked about the song and that time in your life and so on, but I'm interested, again, you know, what, we go a little bit deeper. What, it, what, what is it do you think about this song that really connects with you? Again, the lyrics there, I'm not sure if you've ever kind of looked at them in that way and kind of, um, you know, dissected them. And, uh, but it's just interesting, you know, there's, there's a lot about... Me, it was literally every time, just the start of that song, that I would hear that. And for some, I put it on this morning after, after you know, speaking with you. And I was just like, oh God, it kind of, it bring, it just always took a weight off of my shoulders. And I think that's what music has the, the ability to do. Mm. It's kind of like that that escapism that I think we all yes. do look for sometimes. And the Smiths always, you know, provided that for me. I used to, yeah. you know, there's some songs there, if you're depressed, I wouldn't recommend listening yeah. to the Smiths. <laughs> well, the thing is, um, they, they, they... But they still speak to you through the music. Yeah, I know. So I did the same thing on the train this morning. I listened to the Smiths all the way, you know, all the way into London. And Morrissey and his lyrics and his songwriting mm. with, um, forget the other band member who Johnny wrote... Ma. Johnny Ma. Yeah. So, um, you know, they would have quite hard-hitting, depressing lyrics, but they would... It would still be able to speak to you. But yeah, but they yeah. would play them with a really upbeat song, like the, the so, uh, upbeat tune, like mm -hmm. a girlfriend, uh, like girlfriend in a coma. Yeah, and it's yeah. like a really upbeat skippy. I'm skipping down the, the, the street, and the lyrics are, uh, about well, your that girlfriend. That was where their genius was. I think they had the ability to do that. Yeah, that light-hearted um, touch to something quite deep. <laughs> Girlfriend's in a coma. Yeah, like stick a banging tune. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've got to sing it, haven't we, Matthew? We've got to sing it. Should we do... I don't think about that at all. Ready? Yep. 
punctured bicycle on a hillside desolate. Will nature make a man of me yet? When in this charming car, this charming man, why pamper life's complexity when the lover runs smooth on the passenger seat? I must just say, that is a, I think we've done quite well there. <laughs> I would go out tonight, but I haven't got a stage to wear. This man says it's gruesome that someone so handsome should care. Oh man. Wow, that was my favourite thing. I've, I don't think I've ever been a podcast like that again. Oh man, it's lovely. You say music actually, I think, kind of, uh, as you said, it, it has power over us because it creates this emotion. You hear a song, you're a slave to the emotion all of a sudden, and, and it can fit your mood and it can it can change your mood yeah, it is. so it's so powerful so um and to sing like that on a podcast shows there's a fair <laughs> bit of vulnerability oh, you that know was one of those. oh we're actually doing it we're yeah in. we've yeah. got the vulnerability card we're, we've got the music you know the lyrics we can go deep with that i just think yeah. that's why i quite like it as a feature on the podcast because it's yeah, got I mean, a if nice anybody fit. listening to that wants to pick me and lauren yeah <laughs> i mean i think we're going to put the smiths back into we're, number one on spotify so <laughs> morrissey yeah send the royalty royalties <laughs> our way <laughs> no mate um it was it was a lovely way to finish what's been a lovely lovely chat it always is when we hang out but to actually get a lot of our you know offline conversations online via this podcast has been an honor and a privilege i want to thank Thank you for coming on today but i want to thank you for being such a dear and wonderful friend as well thank you thank you very much lawrence i love you man absolute pleasure i love you too okay this is the outro the podcast is now finished but don't hang up the phone yet i mean turn off the phone i mean turn off the podcast because i have one more favor to ask you if you liked the podcast which presumably if you got this far you did i did something right please subscribe please leave a review and most importantly please tell all of your friends because it's just going to be so embarrassing if no one listens to this I need you on my side to push this out into the world wide web please please help please tell everybody please and thank you so much write a review have you done it yet have you written that review see you next time bye have you written the review yet yeah.